Welcome to Disney Versus, where we have much to avenge, revenge, and destroy. <laughs> this is the podcast where we have animated discussions about Disney movies. I'm Tori. I'm Grace. Oh, we had an edit there. I like that. Yeah. Improving live. <laughs> yeah. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. What we usually do on this show is we talk about... Uh, animated disney movies but today we are doing something different we are discussing disney's latest foray into live action remakes slash reimaginings to talk about cruella but before we do that i'm gonna smother grace for a minute because this this girl just graduated not too I long did. ago i did last week i just want to say on on tape i am so very proud of you thank you Thanks. Also, uh, really what he means is, I'm so glad you're going to have your time back so that you can record more often. Your word's not mine. <laughs> Thank you. I'm very excited. Um, today, so I graduated last Monday, technically, and my best friend Amber is in town. We went camping this weekend, and then today we went out to campus and took graduation pictures and then went out to dinner afterwards. Um, and y- y'all, if you have graduation regalia i 10 of 10 recommend that you wear it out in public around grad season because i got a free glass of wine i got free ice cream um so yeah i'm having a pretty good night very nice graduating is uh is pretty great once you actually do it (laughs) would would recommend would recommend the actual graduation part (laughs) i still cannot afford a master's degree so it is not happening. Neither can I. <laughs> 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 Jokes. Jokes. <sighs> Grace, my darling, what you watching? Yes. Uh, I'm watching Halston. It's a Halston. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm watching the new uh, Ewan McGregor show about a uh, fashion designer in the 70s. It's good. We just started watching it last night. But that's very on brand for this episode. Love it. Right? It's Yeah, it, mm. it was. Uh, I went and saw Cruella last week. Actually, I think the day after it came out. Um, so I'm excited to talk about that. And aside from that, I really haven't watched that much in the last month. Mm. <laughs> I've been reading and I've been finishing up school. What about you? What you watching? I've been watching all the things. I've been to the theater multiple times, but uh, most recently, yesterday, I watched a couple of silent movies. I watched uh, Modern Times with Charlie Chaplin, mm-hmm. and I watched Sunrise, A Song of Two Humans, which was the second film to ever win Best Picture. Okay. Yeah, came out in 1927. Don't ask me why. Uh, it was randomly on my list, and I'm trying to clear my my movie list of things. So I was like, you know what? Where is it? And it was on Amazon with ads, which made it incredibly difficult to watch because Ooh. silent films are hard. Yeah, and then jumping in with ads. Um, age check. It's 94 years old. Jeez. We are in, we are in the twenties. Oh my gosh, you're right. That's weird. But uh, would definitely recommend Modern Times. 
Modern Times, I th- I think I watched when I was in my freshman year. I don't think I've watched it since then. Don't remember it. It took me a minute to figure out which Charlie Chaplin movies I've seen because there were multiples mm-hmm. on my list, but I've seen yeah. The Kid. I've seen City Lights, which is the one that I think I like the most. Mm-hmm. And now I've seen Modern Times. I still have to watch The Great Dictator, which I think is said to be his one of his best ones. And I think that's one of the one of the first ones where he actually talks. I did recently there was another thing I watched. I went to the movies and saw Finding You, which is a rom com about a girl who goes to study abroad in Ireland. It was cute. <laughs> it was it was great. It was the first movie I've seen in the theaters and Almost a year, I think. Um, so it was nice to just be back in the theaters. Very and then nice. I saw Cruella the week after. So. Cool. Yeah. Good. Let's uh, talk about some news. Uh, so we finally got a couple of trailers for Monsters at Work. Wait, wait, wait. Back to what you watching. Uh-huh. I haven't started yet. Have you started watching Loki? I've seen the first episode of Loki, yes. Do What do I need to watch before I watch Loki? Nothing, because, mild spoilers, the first episode is kind of a clip show. Oh. Of stuff that already happened? Without giving away important stuff. The, okay. The first episode is, you. we start with the scene in Endgame slash The Avengers, when Loki gets the Tesseract and slips away. Mm-hmm. And then he ends up at the TVA, which is the Time Something Authority. Mm-hmm. And they basically go through, you know, Loki's greatest hits. So if you haven't seen all of the stuff that Loki is in, they got you covered. Like, the only thing they don't talk about is Thor. But, I mean, Thor isn't the most, like, the movie Thor. Thor isn't the most important part. Okay. I think, uh... From Avengers on, they talk about. So I haven't watched Falcon and the Winter Winter Soldier yet. Um, So that's on my list. Loki's on my list. I think I might need to watch Endgame before I do those things. So that I, because it's been, since it came out pretty much, since I've watched them. For Falcon and Winter Soldier, maybe just watch the last maybe 20 minutes of Endgame. You really don't. To know who dies? No, no, no. I mean, just to know, like, where those two characters are. That's really Oh, okay. Okay, okay. It's not that important. Okay. I would say watch the movie Winter Soldier. And then the end of uh, Endgame. Okay. At the very least, but yeah, you're you're good if you haven't seen like you. There's really no prerequisites to watching Loki. Yeah. Okay. Back to news. So news. We got some trailers for Monsters at Work. Uh, Grace just watched one of them. What did you think? I I mean you know how much I love the monsters world. Uh, monsters University is the best sequel I can think of at this moment in the Disney universe. Um, it, I think it's such a great, I mean, technically it's a prequel, um, but I think it's such a great second movie uh, in the Disney universe. And I, I love world building and I think the monster universe did a really great job. So I'm excited to see how it goes. The trailer was not amazing. I haven't been brought in by those characters yet. I kind of agree with you. I think it's leaning too heavily on, like, you know, Mike and Sully 
you know what this universe is, here are these new characters, but it doesn't do enough of that um, character development just in these, I mean, the trailer's a minute and a half. Right. So I am, I will watch it. I'm very excited to watch it. The trailer was not impressive. Off the top of my head, I don't remember um, how many episodes it's supposed to be, mm-hmm. but I, I agree with you that it it's kind of, it's not fantastic. Like, it looks good. I mean, it doesn't look bad. The thing that I'm bumping up against, and it's definitely a personal preference, it looks too polished because I'm used to not yeah. so much Monsters U, but I'm used to Monsters Inc. looking kind of, you know, uh, rough because it came out 20 years ago, if you think about it. It's a 20 year old movie. No, it's not. Yeah. Did well, it really come out? No, yeah. it came out in, in two. It came out. Nah. Yeah, it came out in uh, 2001. In 2000? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it wasn't the We're most. Old. Don't remind me. You're old. <laughs> Your mom's old. What? Your mom's old. What? Yeah, she is. Um. <laughs> Sorry, mom. Love you, Trish. <laughs> but yeah, it it back in those days, you know, you didn't have the polish that, you know, we have now. Like, Sully's fur was a marvel. All the different yeah. furs and textures in that movie was a marvel. And now mm-hmm. everything just looks, you know, more naturalized and it just looks so clean. And it's throwing me off. Yeah. Uh, even Monsters U, which came out in 2013, uh, wasn't the most, wasn't as sleek as, you know, we're getting, as the stuff we're getting now. So I, I bet it's going to look amazing, but I wish it could just look a little rougher around Less. the edges like the other movies were yeah this is the this is supposed to come out uh july 7th which you know is a couple weeks i think this is the first pixar series we're getting right um yeah so um, we've had short series like the uh forky ass forky ass <laughs> Forky asks a question. You need more. You need more. Like, I can't. Brooklyn. You need more Brooklyn in your voice. I don't have it. <laughs> are you gonna? Are you gonna do a go? No. You sounded, no. You sounded like you were warming up. No, I, I, I legit have phlegm <laughs> in my throat. That's what it is. Uh, no. Aside from that, I don't know that we've had any. <clears throat> I mean, I think of like the series that we've had. We had, I think, of Star Wars. Yeah, there have been so many Star Wars shows. But and then Marvel, so you've had Star Wars shows and Marvel shows. Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. That's really the only one, which was years ago and hardly counts now. I think. Yeah. Uh... Show that ended twenty years ago. So there's that. <laughs> uh, I did see Xenon pop up on my Disney Plus recently. Oh my gosh! And she looks so young. Yeah. I guess. When I was watching Xenon, I was probably like 11, and I think she was 13 or 14 or something like that. Yeah, sounds about right. Ooh, she was a voice on Kim Possible, and I meant to finish watching that show. Like, when Disney Plus first started, that was one of the shows that, I don't think it was there at launch, but when they put Kim Possible on Disney Plus, I definitely started watching it. Mm-hmm. And I got like, I think I got to season two of, what, six? And then I stopped because 
I had to go back to work. You don't, you don't need that in life. <laughs> oh, Kim Possible's a great show. I Don't get me wrong. It's fine. But, I don't know. I think I started watching Gargoyles. That's what it was. Because then they put Gargoyles Oh! Man, yeah. I want to rewatch Gargoyles. Because I remember... I remember liking Gargoyles, and I also remember there being an episode before, or two, before the VHS Nightmare Before Christmas. Ooh, Do you remember that? that when it when it still, when Nightmare Before Christmas still didn't have the Disney logo, it was just Touchstone. Yeah. 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 Man, I kind of want to watch Nightmare Before Christmas now. Why not? We do have a little bit of sad news that broke uh, yeah. yesterday. The actor Ned Beatty who Disney fans will know as the voice of Lotso Huggin Bear in Toy Story 3. And uh, comic book fans know him as Otis in Superman and Superman 2, passed away at the age of 83. Yeah, I I was sad to hear that. I also, I feel like I know him from other things. He played uh, Rudy's dad in Rudy. He was in Deliverance. Um, there was another thing that I remember him from. He was in Charlie Wilson's War. I might know him from that. He was in Network. Ah. Um, He was in All the President's Men. Okay. He has a lot of kids. Wow. He looks like Lotso. Like, Lotso looks like him. I was thinking about it when I was at the gym last night. Lotso is probably... One of the best animated villains yeah i say at least pixar maybe like top three because he's as far as how complex he is and how uh you know devious he is yeah okay so pixar villains i'm thinking of i think of syndrome right off the bat we've got randall from monsters inc randall and mr Waternoose, yeah uh hal from wally Otto from Otto. Wally, who's a Hal. Who reference. who is Hal? Yeah, <laughs> he's Hal. Uh, uh, Hopper. Yeah, Hopper. Sid. I think Lotso's the most. Con- oh, and you've got um, Stinky Pete. Yeah. From Toy Story Two. I think all of Toy Stories, the first three Toy Story. No, I think I'll just say two and three. Stinky Pete and Lotso are probably the most conflicted villains yeah because they have they're sorry not conflicted complex villains complex because there's a lot to dig into with them especially Lotso. stinky pete i think i mean you know how much i think toy story 2 is a piece of trash and just shouldn't exist like it could be wiped and i was i was about to call you on it i'm kind of shocked it could just be wiped and not no one would miss it 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 wouldn't disrupt the storyline it wouldn't, it would be fine. Uh, I feel like Lotso is Pixar saying, like, we know Toy Story 2 is trash and Stinky Pete was a weak villain. Lotso is the better version. And this is our redo, which is why Toy Story 3 is so great. Because every time I watch it, I don't know what happens at the end of the burning conveyor belt with fire. I, yeah, every I time. will say Lotso is the better version of Stinky Pete. Yeah. They kind of have the same feelings, but they're both great. Yeah. He will be missed. We're sitting here talking about him as a as a great character and a great voice. Mm. You ready to talk about Cruella? 
Yes, and I would like to preface this by saying that uh, my mom and I have already discussed and loved this movie, and Tori messaged me and said he basically had fighting words, so I'm ready. <laughs> I, not not fighting words for y'all. Uh, okay. Let me get through Let me the, pull up my notes. <laughs> let me get through the casting crew first. Okay. From the very beginning, I realized I saw the world differently than everyone else. That didn't sit well with some people. But I wasn't for everyone. I guess they were always scared that I'd be a psycho. <laughs> but a new day brings new opportunities. And I was ready to make a statement. the same girl. I am woman. Hear me roar. I'm just getting started, darling. The thing is, I was born brilliant. Born bad. A little bit mad. I'm Cruella. Cruella was directed by Craig Gillespie, who was the director of I, Tanya and The Finest Hour. The movie was written by Dana Fox and Tony McNamara. Stars Emma Stone, Emma Thompson, Joel Fry, Paul Walter Hauser, Emily Beecham, Kirby Howell Baptiste, Mark Strong, and John McRae. The music was done by Nicholas Brittle. Two things that I don't normally highlight, but I have to with this one. Music supervisor on this one was Susan Jacobs, who has over 150 music supervisor or music department credits to her name. And the costumes were done by Jenny Bevan, who won an Oscar for A Room with a View and Mad Max Fury Road, and was also the costume designer for Sense and Sensibility, Alexander, The Black Dahlia, and the 2009 Sherlock Holmes movie starring Robert Downey Jr. Mm -hmm. Box office, it currently has, as of this recording, has made $56 million domestic, $129.2 million worldwide. It had an opening weekend of $26.5 million. The numbers I found is that Disney Plus streaming, it got $47 million from that because it was, you know, $30 on Premiere Access. Ratings, it currently has a 74% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 59% on Metacritic. It has a 7.4 out of 10 on IMDb. And for reference, the 2015 Cinderella remake has a 6.9 out of 10. Maleficent has a 7.1 out of 10. And the John Favreau Jungle Book remake has a 7.4. Nicholas Brittle, also, who, who did the music, also was nominated for uh, Best Original Score for his work on Moonlight, 
which won Best Picture in 2018. No, 2016, I think. Might have been 2018. I think it was 2018. I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember. And also for If Beale Street Could Talk. I'm going to look up when Moonlight won Best Picture. Okay, 2017. I was right. Grace... Uh, you go first. Tell me what you tell me about your you know first impressions. Actually, let's drop a spoiler warning right now, in case I rant and give away something. You know, All the things I, I give away any of the things. So, Grace, what were your first impressions of the movie? I want to wear all black and wear four inch heels forever. That's <laughs> that was my takeaway. Your cast would be amazing. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, yeah, this, uh, I, so going into it, I went to see this with my friend Allie, and as we were walking in, she's like, this is over two hours. And I was like, oh, wow. And I hadn't watched the trailer in months. And so I really blocked any of the backstory. I remembered that Emma Stone was in it. I did not remember that Emma Thompson was in it. So I was excited to see her. <laughs> and, uh, uh, so two hours, I was like, I don't even know what you could do with that time. And so I was apprehensive when I went into it and thinking, like, can this really be Can this really be good if it's so long for a Disney villain story? Uh, I loved it. I, I thought the timing was good. I, I didn't think it stretched too long. I love the story arc. I love the characters. I love the tie-in to the original 101 Dalmatians. It wasn't too on the nose. Um, I'm going to let you go, and then we can talk about it more. Uh, don't be alarmed. I love the movie, too. Oh, I liked okay. it a lot. Okay, great. Also, like you, I hadn't watched any of the trailers since... I think when the first trailer came out. Either when the first trailer came out, or when the first... An image of what... Cruella was going to look like, what Emma Stone looked like as Cruella. We talked about it on the show, and I think I said it kind of looked like a Joker. A lot yes. of people said this looks a lot like Joker. Yes. And I hadn't thought any more of it until then. Or I'm since glad then. it wasn't. Yeah. I kind of I kind of scoffed at the two and a half hour runtime too, because Jesus, that's a lot of movie. Yeah, And just like you, I was like, I don't know, what are they going to do with two and a half hours? I don't think this movie was Joker. No. Um, I thought this was going to be a psychological study of what makes Cruella Cruella in the, in the style of Joker. That's kind of what we got, but in a much more believable way. Believable and Joker was... So dark. I liked Joker, but also Joker isn't something I'm going to watch on the regular. It's something that you watch like once every handful of years. It was so heavy and so dark. And I I really did enjoy it, but it's so dark that it kind of hurts. Right. And this was, there were elements that were really dark, but the movie itself was funny and, um, not even funny. It was comical. And 
fashionable. It was beautiful. The soundtrack was incredible. <laughs> it was so good. I've been facilitating meetings and working sessions all this last week. And as our working music, while people are adding stickies and Miro on a virtual whiteboard, I've been playing the Cruella soundtrack <laughs> shamelessly. Um, so I, I, I think you're right. Like I love, and I think this is kind of where Joker and Maleficent meet up. This yes. is what Maleficent, this is what Disney learned from Maleficent. Right. That um, you need to have some really strong tie-ins and history to the original story. But in in the same vein, like Maleficent took a lot of liberties and so did this. This this took, I mean, this added stuff that we had no idea about and I was not expecting, having not seen the trailer in months and months, I was really kind of at a loss at how we got to spots, how we got to dogs. Right. And I kind of liked that it wasn't so blatant. It wasn't so rote or by the book on Dalmatians. And when at towards the end, when Cruella is wearing spots, it definitely like it did a good job of walking that line of like, has she crossed that line where she's batshit and cunning enough that she's actually wearing Dalmatian spots? Or does she still have her soul? Is she still this person who has compassion in some ways for the people that she cares about? And I think they they walked that right line really well and they introduced it when she went to stop for food. Like, that's when I knew, like, okay, this isn't, that's that wasn't real, real. Let me get this rant off my chest because that's a great, that's a great opening where you said she, she, they walked that line. I did the bad thing that I try not to do in between watching a movie and podcasting about it. I listened to reviews about it. <gasps> uh, Gasp. And I, I try really hard not to do that. But I felt so strongly about my feelings about Cruella that I thought I could handle it. And I, 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 I am. A lot of the criticism that I'm seeing about this movie is people saying, how could Disney make this character that supposedly kills dogs into someone that's likable and or redeemable because you want you know your hero the the hero of your villain origin story go figure is the villain that is supposed to be evil by the end because they're supposed to be the villain in the next movie so how can we make cruella likable why would we make cruella likable so many people are mad and upset because Cruella doesn't isn't on the same trajectory as she is to land at 101 Dalmatians. Mm-hmm. And me personally, I don't think that's a bad thing. Not even yeah. a little bit. Um, as a... Uh, Interesting. Okay. As a... I'll say as a comic book fan of someone who is a fan of characters with multiple origin stories, I'm fine with a character having not being the same as the you know their most their well-known ip diverting from canon a little bit yeah let me cite some examples joker we just talked about it yeah wicked people loved wicked and yeah i've read wicked i've seen a bootleg of wicked it's it's not the same character as in as in wizard of oz and that's fine this is a good interjection wicked is a point of view story. When I was talking to my mom 
she called me like right after she saw it and uh we didn't talk about beforehand i was like okay we need to talk about this when you're when you're done uh and both of us said we loved it and so we started talking about it more and she said i feel like I commented that I liked how they tied it in, but it wasn't too on the nose to the animated 101 or even the Glenn Close 101 Dalmatians that it we, you had Perdita, uh, you had Pongo, and you had these tie-ins, but they're very loose and about 10 years apart, right? But what she commented on was that she thought of this as a different point of view. This is a different perspective on someone's life. So for 101 Dalmatians, Cruella is absolutely the villain. That's, that is the only point of view. And Cruella could still be the villain, but this is telling her side of how she got there. And it may be more complex than what we see in the animated 101 Dalmatians. And so this is just that perspective. And I, I really like that as a, not just that we're uh, swerving away from canon, but actually both of these things can exist in the same universe and be true. Um, that Cruella can have this backstory that is heartbreaking and compassionate. And really, like, if we think about Disney villains, we we know that Disney villains have some heartbreak. There is something that got them to that point. Scar was had his throne taken away from him. He was cheated out by his brother. Ursula was, was banished, right? Mm-hmm. Ursula was banished? Yeah, so, like, all of all of these villains were wronged in some way or have something negative that triggered and it and we may only see part of that and i thought this did a really great job of how do you create a character that like is cruella batshit crazy yes yes she is (laughs) and and we see that from the get-go that she is not all in her right mind but she's also a genius and so I liked that that tie, that this is, both things can be true. Corella can be a genius, she can be batshit crazy, and she can be evil in ten years. And this is the origin story of how you get to evil. Something I just thought of, the way I kind of look at the some of these reimaginings, especially uh, Maleficent and now Cruella, and if they continue mm-hmm. to make these villain stories, it may be true. I kind of think of this as a what if. For those who don't know, in Marvel it's called What If. In DC it's called Elseworlds. It's when you take a established character mm-hmm. and you ask the question, what if X was Y? Um, mm-hmm. For example, uh, there's a whole Marvel series coming out called What If. Look out for it. It's what if T'Challa was Star-Lord? What if Peggy Carter was Captain America? Or I want to see that! What if what if Marvel Zombies in, in uh, DC, what if Superman <laughs> crash-landed in Russia instead of Kansas? What if Batman was actually a vampire? These are what-ifs. Okay, and but I wait. See... Wait, like, that has to be actually real. What? Batman being a vampire, that makes too much sense. <laughs> oh, no, there's a, there's a, no, 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 there's a, I'm not making, none of these that I've just said. All of I these know. are, all of these are actual things. I know, but now I, can we do it's, a podcast on that? Like, that seems legit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I'll, I'll, I'll send you the book. I'll send you the okay. book. Okay. But I see that, I see this as a what if Cruella's backstory was this. And from the director of I, Tanya, which is the telling of the Tanya Harding story mm-hmm. from Tanya Harding's perspective, I just thought of this. What if Cruella, being brilliant and mad, what if she's the unreliable narrator of all of this? Yes. And this is just her spinning her wheels, yes. you know? Like, this is all true or none of it's true. Exactly. It's, it's all, and I actually, that's a better, that's a better way of describing what my mom was, um, was trying to describe is that, that we're experiencing these things from different narrators and, mm-hmm. and not just that there are different point of views, but that there are, that there are different truths that, yeah. that, uh, that both of these things can be true to different people. Cause I kind of like to think of this now as this gets to my, my second point of, People are like they they've already greenlit a sequel. <gasps> and uh they're they're already develop, they're already developing a sequel. Yes. And people ask, like, why do we need a second one? And I ask, why the fuck do we need a Joker two? Is like, Joker two coming out? They're working on Joker two. Joker two I don't need. Yeah, absolutely. Cruella don't need two, Joker I'll two. Take. If we're getting Joker two, why the fuck not get a Cruella two? And what I've, from what I've read, uh, Glenn Close was an executive producer on Cruella. And that both, makes me really happy. Both she and Emma Stone were like, yeah, why don't we do a Godfather 2 where we tell the next part of Cruella's story in the present and in the future with Glenn yeah. Close pay, playing uh, Madame Cruella. I, I don't want to say old lady Cruella. Madame is more respectful. And uh, I think, and I'm kind of picturing like this whole, all of Cruella is just Glenn Close telling her life story in an insane asylum. From her, yes. From her yes, own perspective. Exactly. Like, from I'm her not that bad. Tragic... This is my, yes, this is her tragic upbringing. Yes. So that's my headcanon This is my, head this is my yes, uh, I'm yeah. the victim. I love that. Yes. This looks a lot like Joker. Yes. And I hadn't thought any more of it until then. Or I'm since glad then. it wasn't. Yeah. I kind of I kind of scoffed at the two and a half hour runtime too because Jesus, that's a lot of movie. Yeah. And just like you, I was like, I don't know what are they gonna do with two and a half hours. I don't think this movie was Joker. No. Um, I thought this was going to be a psychological study of what makes Cruella Cruella in the in the style of Joker. That's kind of what we got, but in a much more believable way. Believable and Joker was so dark. Mm-hmm. I liked Joker, but also Joker isn't something I'm going to watch on the regular. It's right. something that you watch like once every handful of years. It was so heavy. And so dark, and I I really did enjoy it, but it's so dark that it kind of hurts. Right. And this was, there were elements that were really dark, but the movie itself was funny and um, not even funny. It was comical and fashionable. It was beautiful. The soundtrack was incredible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was so good. I've been facilitating meetings and working sessions all this last week. And as our working music while people are 
adding stickies and Miro on a virtual whiteboard. I've been playing the Cruella soundtrack <laughs> shamelessly. Um, so I, I, I think you're right. Like I love, and I think this is kind of where Joker and Maleficent meet up. This yes. is what Maleficent, this is what Disney learned from Maleficent. Right. That um, you need to have some really strong tie-ins and history to the original story. But in, in the same vein, like Maleficent took a lot of liberties and so did this. This this took, I mean, this added stuff that we had no idea about. And I was not expecting, having not seen the trailer in months and months, I was really kind of at a loss at how we got to spots, how we got to dogs. And I kind of liked that it wasn't so blatant. It wasn't so rote or by the book on Dalmatians. And when at towards the end, when Cruella is wearing spots, it definitely like it did a good job of walking that line of like, has she crossed that line where she's batshit and cunning enough that she's actually wearing Dalmatian spots? Or does she still have her soul? Is she still this person who has compassion in some ways for the people that she cares about? And I think they they walked that right line really well and they introduced it when she went to stop for food. Like, that's when I knew, like, okay, this isn't, that's that wasn't real, real. Let me get this rant off my chest because that's a great, that's a great opening where you said she, she, they walked that line. I did the bad thing that I try not to do in between watching a movie and podcasting about it. I listened to reviews about it <gasps> uh, and I, I try really hard not to do that, but I felt so strongly about my feelings about Cruella that I thought I could handle it. And I, 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 I am. A lot of the criticism that I'm seeing about this movie is people saying, how could Disney make this character that supposedly kills dogs into someone that's likable and or redeemable? Because you want, you know, your hero, the the hero of your villain origin story, go figure, is the villain that is supposed to be evil by the end because they're supposed to be the villain in the next movie. So how yeah. can we make Cruella likable. Why would we make Cruella likable? So many people are mad and upset because Cruella doesn't, isn't on the same trajectory as she is to land at 101 Dalmatians. Mm -hmm. And me personally, I don't think that's a bad thing. Not even a little bit. Um, As a... uh, Interesting. Okay. As a... I'll say as a comic book fan of someone who is a fan of characters with multiple origin stories... I'm fine with a character having not being the same as the you know their most their well-known IP diverting from canon a little bit. Yeah, let me cite some examples. Joker, we just talked about it. Yeah. Wicked. People loved Wicked and I yeah. I've read Wicked. I've seen a bootleg of Wicked. It's it's not the same character Ooh. as in as in Wizard of Oz. And that's okay. fine. This is a good interjection. Wicked is a point of view story. When I was talking to my mom, she called me like right after she saw it, and uh, we didn't talk about it beforehand. I was like, "Okay, we need to talk about this when you're when you're done." Uh, and both of us said we loved it, and so we started talking about it more. And she said, "I feel like 
I commented that I liked how they tied it in, but it wasn't too on the nose to the animated 101 or even the Glenn Close 101 Dalmatians that it we, you had Perdita, uh, you had Pongo, and you had these tie-ins, but they're very loose and about 10 years apart, right? But what she commented on was that she thought of this as a different point of view. This is a different perspective on someone's life. So for 101 Dalmatians, Cruella is absolutely the villain. That's, that is the only point of view. And Cruella could still be the villain, but this is telling her side of how she got there. And it may be more complex than what we see in the animated 101 Dalmatians. And so this is just that perspective. And I, I really like that as a, not just that we're uh, swerving away from canon, but actually both of these things can exist in the same universe and be true. Um, that Cruella can have this backstory that is heartbreaking and compassionate. And really, like, if we think about Disney villains, we we know that Disney villains have some heartbreak. There is something that got them to that point. Scar was had his throne taken away from him. He was cheated out by his brother. Ursula was was banished, right? Mm-hmm. Ursula was banished? Yeah, so, like, all of all of these villains were wronged in some way or have something negative that triggered and it and we may only see part of that and I thought this is a really great job of how do you create a character that like is Cruella batshit crazy yes yes she is <laughs> and and we see that from the get-go that she is not all in her right mind but she's also a genius and so I liked that that tie, that this is, both things can be true. Corella can be a genius, she can be batshit crazy, and she can be evil in 10 years. And this is the origin story of how you get to evil. Something I just thought of, the way I kind of look at the some of these reimaginings, especially uh, Maleficent and now Cruella, and if they continue mm-hmm. to make these villain stories, it may be true. I kind of think of this as a what if. For those who don't know, in Marvel it's called What If. In DC it's called Elseworlds. It's when you take a established character mm-hmm. and you ask the question, what if X was Y? Um, mm-hmm. For example, uh, there's a whole Marvel series coming out called What If. Look out for it. It's what if T'Challa was Star-Lord? What if Peggy Carter was Captain America? Or I Captain want to Britain? see that! What if what if Marvel Zombies in, in uh, DC, what if Superman <laughs> crash-landed in Russia instead of Kansas? What if Batman was actually a vampire? These are what-ifs. Okay, and but I wait. See... Wait, like, that has to be actually real. What? Batman being a vampire, that makes too much sense. Oh, no, there's a, there's a, <laughs> no, no, there's a, I'm not making, none of these that I've just said. All of I these know. are All of these are actual things. I know, but now I... Can we do it's a podcast p- on that? Like, that seems legit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll send you the book. I'll send you the okay, book. Okay, okay. But I see that, I see this as a what if Cruella's backstory was this. And from the director of I, Tanya, which is 
the telling of the Tanya Harding story mm-hmm. from Tanya Harding's perspective, I just thought of this. What if Cruella, being brilliant and mad, what if she's the unreliable narrator of all of this? Yes. And this is just her spinning her wheels, yes. you know? Like, this is all true or none of it's true. Exactly. It's, it's all, and I actually, that's a better... That's a better way of describing what my mom was um, was trying to describe is that that we're experiencing these things from different narrators and mm-hmm. and not just that there are different point of views, but that there are, that there are different truths that yeah. that, uh, that both of these things can be true to different people. Because I kind of like to think of this now as this gets to my my second point of people are like they they've already greenlit a sequel <gasps> and. Uh, they're they're already they're already developing a sequel yes and people ask like why do we need a second one and i ask why the fuck do we need a joker 2 is joker 2 coming out they're working on joker 2 joker 2 i don't need yeah absolutely don't need joker 2 if we're getting joker 2 why the fuck not get a cruella 2 and what i've from what i've read uh glenn close was an executive producer on cruella and that both, makes me really happy. Both she and Emma Stone were like, yeah, why don't we do a Godfather 2 where we tell the next part of Cruella's story in the present and in the future with yeah. Glenn Close pay, playing uh, Madame Cruella. I, I don't want to say old lady Cruella. Madame is more respectful. And uh, I think, and I'm kind of picturing like this whole, all of Cruella is just Glenn Close telling her life story in an insane asylum from her yes from her yes, own perspective exactly like from I'm not her that bad tragic... this is my yes this is her tragic upbringing yes so that's this my head point of view now. this is my yes uh, I'm yeah. the victim I love that yes Glenn Close how old is Glenn Close now uh, she's seventy four yeah I mean I. I'd be so about that. Um, I dig it. One of the things that I loved about this is that, uh, one, it did a great job of being dark, Disney dark. We're going to kill off the mom in the first 15 minutes, Mm -hmm. but not Joker dark. But then also it was there. It was walking this fine line of surrealism, like a baby born with black and white hair right from the get go. Um, and there, I, there's something else specific that I was thinking of that maybe it'll come to mind. I don't think I took a note on it that I was just like, that's, it's borderline unbelievable, but it, you're in the universe enough that you can keep it. Uh, and I, I loved how it walked that line. Like it's completely realistic that like, oh yeah, absolutely. Cruella would have been a young fashion aficionado. Of course, she would want to be a st- to be a designer. That would make a ton of sense. And how she got there, and how she had the pair of dues. But then the lead up to that, especially the way that her mom died, was so extreme. Yes. Um, it was very sudden. Very sudden, and then the retelling of that at the end. Just how evil. Emma Thompson's character was how evil isn't even the right word. It's um, uh, sociopathic. 
Yeah. I think is probably the the right word. Just completely void of care for anyone other than herself. I thought was brilliant as the Baroness. Um, I'm trying to think of what that other example of kind of surrealism was uh, that stuck out in my mind, but I, I appreciated that it wasn't, it wasn't too serious. It wasn't trying to be too realist, but it also wasn't so absurd that it, that you couldn't believe it. I'm just going to call her Cruella because it's going to be hard to switch between Estella and Cruella mm-hmm. unless I'm trying to make a point. Uh, Cruella and Jasper and Horace spend their lives running these jobs, mm-hmm. uh, these cons, these grifts, whatever you want to call them, and they don't get caught. And it's it's kind of a career. I think the most surreal thing for me was where did they get and keep all of the cars that they used? Yes. Because they, they use a garbage truck multiple times. They do. Yeah, it, I think it was just a temporary, for me, like, that was a temporary thing. I did appreciate, so in uh, the animated 101 Dalmatians, and I haven't watched the live-action 101 in a long time. I've watched that one more recently than the animated. Have you? Yeah. Horace and Jasper are idiots. They're yeah. useless. Yeah. And I thought this did a decent job of how do you bridge, like, People don't, this is, that's not true. I was about to say people don't just blindly follow. That's not true. But in Disney, we wouldn't expect necessarily for there to be a blind following without some impetus, without some development there. And so I was glad to see kind of the arc of Horace and Jasper, how they actually brought Estella into their home accepted that accepted her and then see that switch where uh horace and jasper become subservient but they're not idiotic yeah and and somehow cruella estella becomes cruella and becomes their boss and i think it's jasper who's like no i'm not about this this is not this is not what we signed up for yeah i appreciated that they make a point to say, you know, we're fed up with this. Yeah. Like it gets from, it goes from helping her work through what she needs to, and then it turns into abuse. Uh-huh. And they're like, nah, we're out. We're, we're not about, we're, like you said, we're not about this anymore. And then she plays the, as Vin Diesel would say, the family card. And that's why they do it. They legitimately care about Estella. They yeah. care about Estella, the kid that they met when they were 10 or whatever. I think she was 10. I don't know. The kid that they met when, that. when they were young and brought her in to comfort her because they knew what it was like. And I appreciate There was a reason to it because you're right. The Disney henchmen are unrealistic. Yes. Nobody is that dumb. And the the level of subservience in the Disney, in the Disney movie, I'm not going to say that subservience doesn't exist, but that level is cartoonish. It makes me think of um, Maleficent's henchmen. They're moronic, idiotic, and I think she even calls them morons. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're also dehumanized. They're not human. They're, they're not ogres. They're goblins. Goblins? I mean, there's the crow. Yeah. 
So they're not they're not human. I need to refresh myself on Maleficent's henchmen, but the one that comes to mind for me is Lefou. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Gaston's right hand man. Yeah, and I was thinking of uh, not Scar. Well, the, the, the hyenas. hyenas. The hyenas, a, but the hyenas. That's a quid pro quo. The hy yeah, and the hyenas aren't stupid. Hang well, on. except Ed. Are, except are we Ed. talking about are we talking about the animated henchmen? Or are we talking about the live action henchmen? Because I was talking the about hyenas animated. The, the animated henchmen are dumb. No the live action henchmen. Nuh-uh. No, not um, not Shanzi. Shanzi. Shenzi. 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 Ed is Ed is stupid. Ed and Bonsai are borderline. Bonsai's, Shenzi's not, but Ursula's eels, they're just blindly loyal. I don't think they're stupid. They're more they pets really... than anything. Yeah, they're, they're cunning pets. Uh huh. Iago. Iago's not dumb. He knows what's Iago's. Up. Yeah, Iago's actually pretty cunning. Kronk's dumb from uh, The Emperor's New Groove. Well, I blocked that one from my memory. Anyway, so, I yeah, I think there's there's precedent for moronic followers. I think this is a good job of how do you get there? Yeah. How do you get to that sort of loyalty? And I think um, Horace, Horace really does the, the work for creating that line because Horace is like, what's the new job? What's the next job? What's the purpose? Why are we doing this? What What's the payoff? And so as long as she kept them in that, what's that payoff? It's super easy to get get away with whatever she wants as long as there's a game to play for Horace. Yeah. Um, and Jasper will support the family. I like that they didn't outwardly say that there is any kind of romance between Jasper and Cruella. I'm completely fine with it. I wait, 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 wait. What? What do you mean? Is there a? Is there supposed to be a? Did I no, miss that? No. Is there speculation? Again, reading reading things when I shouldn't be. It's people making subtext text. You know the moments where she's like kind of flirting with him. He's like, "I'm being serious," and she's like, "You're cute when you're serious." And you know those longing looks, like those kind of lingering looks. There's those can be I... misinterpreted for other things. I did not pick up on that. Now I need to rewatch because I did not pick up on that at all. I've seen this movie three times since, okay. it, come, okay, since okay. it came out. I've, I've picked up a lot of stuff. Okay. So, done with my rant. There are a lot of things that this movie did well. Emma Stone, for one thing. Such is, great casting. Yes. I was, I was intrigued. If you check the tape, I was intrigued from Jump. Like, okay, Emma Stone is great, but what is she going to do with this? Yeah, she killed this. Yeah. She has, there are some times where she has Jim Carrey Grinch energy. Yes. Okay. So I'm glad you said that because I was worried it was going to be too much of that. I was afraid it was going to be too much of a caricature. And I feel like the animated version is the caricature mm-hmm. of what, of what, of who Cruella is. And so I wanted this to be a lead and I didn't want it to be immediately this person is too unbelievable walking that they did such a great job of walking that line right um that surrealism that we were talking about earlier yeah i thought she was great she was i hope she well i mean i would hope that she'd be in the sequel but also if we get glenn close that would also be awesome it would have to be both of them if they're going godfather 2 style it would have to be both of them yeah 
the way Emma Stone, she it's it's all in facial expressions, and I noticed there are a lot of times where she's, mm-hmm. you know, towards the middle of the movie because she's playing two characters. She's playing Estella, and then she's playing Cruella, and the times where like they're on a collision course where they just kind of switch. Yep. And those moments where Cruella, where Emma Stone is Cruella, with that little bit of Estella. I think my favorite scene in the movie is when she's like right after she finds out that she's the Baroness's daughter. Spoiler alert. Uh, she's the Baroness's daughter and she rides to the fountain and she's talking to her mother. She does this thing that I was, I was talking to someone about it. Like she does this thing where she doesn't, it's kind of where she buries Estella and like she has that little, she has that little facial expression where she's kind of, she's Cruella's, brilliance and madness but estella's humanity Mm -hmm. there are times where emma stone kind of plays both of those at the same time and she's she's cruella's mannerisms but estella in the face Mm -hmm. and she does this thing that the fountain scene is where kind of she buries what's left of estella and mm-hmm. she does this thing where I'm trying to figure out how she does it. She doesn't tilt her head. She tilts her neck. Or no, no. She she doesn't like lean to the side like this. Her neck is straight, but her head just kind of moves at the base. It's unnerving. But it's a brilliant look. Like, go mm-hmm. go and look at that. I think it's when she's like, I'm Cruella. That's the, that's the line where she does it. Yeah. And it's like, that's the scene. Yeah, that's, that's the, when you know that's the, the switch Oscar has scene. happened. Yeah. And this will never... That won't happen. Even if, like, I think I think she should. I think it's worth it. I think it was a phenomenal performance. But you won't see a live-action Disney movie be nominated for an Oscar for, for acting. acting. I'm about to say, because Mulan already did that. Beauty and the Beast already did that. A, f- a few of them already have. Not, but for, not, acting. For, acting. not for acting. Not for acting. Not for acting. It's always no, for think- effects. I think she's worth it. I think she did a phenomenal job. I don't think it'll happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to be proved wrong. I thought she did a phenomenal job. I did not realize the talent that she had for it, and it, and so much of the acting in this is those micro that it's that micro expressions, micro expressions, yeah, mm-hmm. um, and mannerisms. And you did a great job of calling out that transition of when she is which character. For me. That moment happens when she walks into her apartment as Cruella and the Duchess ties her up to burn her. Mm-hmm. And you see both of those things in the same shot. Yeah, uh, she... You see her be both people in the same second um, because she is in a threat state. Um, She's yeah. trying to still convey the power that she has as Cruella. But she's also trying to be Estella to appeal to yeah, you know, Baroness, humanity and Baroness's humanity and yeah. to save her people. And and for all intents and purposes, that home was Estella's home. That wasn't Cruella's. Cruella was a persona. And so to see those in the same place at the same time and her trying to maintain that haughty exterior. Yeah, I thought that was a really powerful moment. Um, I'd also love to talk about Emma Thompson as the Duchess. Um, the Baroness. This, the Baroness. 
her role very easily could have been Meryl Streep in Devil Wears Prada. She she had a lot of Dragon Lady going on, and it was amazing. She I hope did. I hope someone had some hot sauce on set because she was <laughs> chewing she was chewing scenery every time. I think the best thing the best thing about this is that like Disney villains have the most fun because you get to be this evil person without consequence like and, the, and the really... thing of the thing of littering like when she threw her lunch out the you know she's evil because she litters she without littered. conscience yes i saw someone litter the other day what the fuck is wrong with you Pick what the that fuck up. is wrong with you yes exactly um yes and also how liberate like emma thompson is a phenomenal actress how liberating must it be to play such a a monotone character like you only have to be bad mm-hmm. you, you just get like how much fun must that be you are not actually at all complex you just have to be the bad guy you just have to be a bitch for two hours you are a have fun with a, it and you're you gonna be a fashionable textbook narcissist yep who dresses in the best outfits the we got best couture yes uh yeah I, I love that. And I also, like, it would have been really easy to walk too close to Meryl Streep and Devil Wears Prada. Mm-hmm. Um, and she didn't. She was her own. She was even more ruthless and soulless, I think, than Meryl Streep. And I think the big difference is, and I'm thinking about it just now, I need to watch Devil Wears Prada again. Yes. Uh, I think the big difference is Meryl Streep's Miranda was silent like she did she did a lot of things with a look yes she never raised her voice really she was Mm -hmm. the baroness kind of raised her voice a couple of times yeah um and she didn't really haughtiness yeah right yeah streep didn't really insult people she just conveyed her disappointment and that was enough and Uh, dismissive yes she was very dismissive of people and the baroness is kind of is the marriage of Miranda and Cruella because where does Mar- uh, where does Cruella get the idea to call everyone idiots and imbeciles? She gets it from the Baroness mm-hmm. because without that, that's that's the traits that we see in Cruella. Yeah, Emma Thompson is just it's they're both really great in this. Yeah, I, I loved Paul Walter Hauser mm-hmm. as Horace. Number one, I had to look up where is this man from. His accent is is surprisingly good. The man was born and raised in Michigan. Like why mm-hmm. why is his Cockney accent so good? Acting. But still. Acting. <laughs> I was it was so good. In some spots it was better than uh Emma Stone's. Yeah. Uh I mean and Emma Stone's accent was pretty freaking great. In yeah. This. It's pretty spot on the whole time. Like when she has that kind of that debonairness, that that mm-hmm. fans that well, and I think it kind of shifted too between Cruella and Estella. Um, when she's in Cruella mode, yeah, the poshness. When she's more posh, it's easier for her to, for it to be, you know, natural. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned the uh, the soundtrack and how fire it is. Mm-hmm. I think this is one of my few gripes with the film. The soundtrack it's not is original fire. music. No, 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 not that. Oh, okay. The soundtrack is fire. But it was on my second rewatch that I realized there was a rhythm to the movie. You're about to ruin this for me, aren't you? No, I'm not. Maybe. 
the scene opens, start the track. Or someone opens a door and someone steps out into the scene, start the track. And there was a lot of needle dropping Damn. in this movie. It, 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 it fell into a rhythm. And my overall opinion on stuff like that is, and my one of my uh, associates hates this phrase, you either die Guardians of the Galaxy or you live long enough to see yourself become Suicide Squad. Because that's the line you walk when you have a movie with a lot of popular music. To explain that, Guardians of the Galaxy is the movie that does needle dropping with popular music. Entry. Well. Uh-huh. Yeah. Suicide Squad is the movie that does Doesn't. it terribly. I haven't seen Suicide Squad. I like Guardians of the Galaxy, I think, does do it very well. And it I does mean. it very well. It's um, it's it does it it doesn't do it often. But when it does, it's perfect for the scene. It's the best track. And I think the reason it's not a bigger gripe for me is that the songs set the mood very well for me. And I've seen other people say that the songs were on the nose. I'm not that much into... Some of them were very on the nose. But others were very... It, it was just It just gave the scene a little bit more energy. Okay, so you think this is somewhere in the middle. There are a lot of needle drops, but it helps that the songs that they picked were good. Okay. I uh, I need to rewatch. I'm, I meant to before we recorded because I watched it about a week ago. I've listened to the soundtrack a few times since then, and I'm very excited to rewatch the movie. Uh, but I hope that doesn't, I hope it doesn't ruin it for me. Don't think about it too much and it won't. Yeah. Uh, but I remember on my second rewatch, I made a point to count got like maybe 20 minutes in and we had gone through seven songs okay and i'm like this is a lot yeah i definitely i noticed it earlier on i think it kind of evens out you know towards the middle of the second act but it's still it's still a thing oh i didn't even see story and concept i'm looking at uh tori's notes right now Devil Wears Prada meets Ocean's 8 meets Snatch. I haven't seen Snatch, but Ocean's 8, yeah, you're right. Okay. I mean Ocean's 8 because there's, you know, there's it's a it's a heist movie. It's a heist I movie. I didn't I didn't realize that is where I was surprised. Like this isn't like Joker because Joker wasn't a heist movie. Only part of it is a heist movie. They pull off like three different heists that we but, see from start to finish. But it's not like like I think of a heist movie as like Ocean's 11. Yeah. They're planning this one heist. Mm-hmm. For two hours. Um, I think of this as they do some jobs. The heist is all of 30 minutes or maybe 40 minutes of like plan to execution. Yeah. And that's why I put in Snatch. Because Snatch is the Guy Ritchie who did Snatch and Lock, Lock Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of criming going on in those movies. <laughs> Yes, I just turned crime into a verb. Criming. I don't know about Criming. it. But I think devoid of any, of there being, of this being an action movie, the heists are kind of your set pieces. Like there's mm-hmm. the, there's the, uh, the heist that they pull at the black and white ball. I'm not, I'll stop saying heist. There's the jobs that, the, the job jobs. that they pull at yeah. the black and white ball. And then there's the job that they pull at the end at the winter gala or the spring gala. Winter yeah. gala. One of the galas. Yeah. 
I mean, I I love those movies. I so I I can't believe I haven't seen Snatch before. I need to watch I it love... with subtitles. Okay. Because <laughs> Cockney accents all over the place. Don't know what the fuck they're saying. <laughs> Fashion is woven and is is woven through all of this. And when I saw the. Deep. When I saw the the trailer initially, I didn't know fashion would play such a big role. I didn't either. Uh, I loved that it did. I thought it did a really beautiful job of incorporating fashion. I also thought it did a good job of distinguishing itself from Devil Wears Prada. And also from Blue Steel. What's it, what's it called? Zoolander? Yes. Thank you. Uh Specifically in Zoolander, what it was making me think of was the trash dress. That's specifically what made me think of that. But yeah, I, I thought it did a good job of being something different than that. It's hilarious that, it, that there's a montage of her just ruining fashion shows. Yeah. Appearances. Over and over. Yeah. Like, what? And also as that happened, I was so excited to see what the fashion was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they did a good job. See, and I didn't know much about this because, uh, like, I, I'm a guy who doesn't know anything about fashion, so I'm just like, that looks nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my, my favorite, that looks nice, was when she shows up in the, uh, they, they ratchet strap the um, Baroness in her car, Cruella climbs on top of the car and throws the dress over the car mm-hmm. and she's just in kind of this military jacket i was like that's dope yeah I, like that. I liked her look i liked the punk attitude of it and if i must say the monochromaticism of cruella's face it's kind of a kink just saying oh okay maybe because i'm was, there for it she's kind of looking she's looking kind of fierce especially towards the end yeah it's it's I don't know. I mean, the chisel and the red lip and, yeah, I'm here yeah. for it. Yeah. And she kind of had the the very last outfit she was in at the end of the movie. She had the Maleficent shoulder points going on. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, huh. This is this is awakening this something is... in me that I, that I didn't know was there before. We're learning things. Tori's <laughs> learning things. Welcome to Tori's sexual reawakening, people. <laughs> the Disney edition. The Disney edition. And here we are. And this is why this is an adult podcast. Uh, yes. Please be warned that we yes. talk about sex and use curse words. <laughs> uh, something that... Uh, Part, part two of my rant. People were saying that Cruella is a dog killer, and how are we supposed to empathize with a dog killer? Yeah. And I checked the tape. Cruella never actually kills dogs. And that's the point. She gets foiled. But I'm guessing that attempted dog murderer doesn't roll off the tongue as Doesn't. Well. Yeah, it's not. Uh, it's It doesn't. Yeah, I would love to see what the jump is there because she still, she still loves animals at the end of this movie. Yeah, the dog then, love is all over the place. So okay, so we see, we see Perdita and Pongo go to their homes. Who are their owners? I forget their names. Roger and Roger Anita. and Anita. I loved how subtle their tie-ins were. They worked in the realm. They weren't important in any way. They never even met each they other. They never even met each other. They got these pups. I, okay, so I loved 
how they were tied into the older movies, the older 101 movies, but what did they do? How did they wrong Cruella? Because assuming that there is some sort of rationale, rationale, she has established that she is somewhat rational in this universe where she is telling the story. She has a rationale for everything that she's doing. So what is the rationale? What did they do that she has to seek such revenge? That's why I believe that this isn't the same character that ends up as Glenn Close. Or as, you know, the animated villain. I wonder, I mean, I wonder if that's a reason to keep Glenn Close out of the next, the sequel. Out of, as an actress. Because it just doesn't line up too well. I love the idea that I just presented that this is Cruella on a couch talking about her life story. But, From her point of view, yeah. Yeah. And I think that if if it's presented that way or somewhere, you know, equally plausible, people will have to either get on, get on board with it or watch something else or yeah. just watch the older stuff. I, I'll agree with you that it was subtle, the introduction of uh, Pongo and Perdita at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. If there was any tie-in to 101 Dalmatians, though, that I could have done without, it was that button at the end. I, I felt very smart for catching that when they introduced Roger as her lawyer, she mentions that he plays piano at this bar. Yes. And I was like, oh, that's the, that's, that's I know what that one. means. And then the fact that they kind of turn into it at the end of the movie, it's like, oh, you kind of ruined it. Yes, and I didn't think about it until you just said that, but Pongo and Perdita are puppies when he's writing that song at the end of Cruella. It sounded like he was writing that song at the beginning of the animated version. And yes. the And Pongo and Perdita are old enough to be producing puppies so it would be several years later yeah i i think you're right i think that could have been it didn't bother me in the moment i still don't think it bothers me i think you're right that it was perhaps too on the nose another thing that makes me hope that this is a completely different universe that means that pongo and perdita are brother and sister which makes the rest of the movie the rest of 101 dalmatians oh a little creepy how common oh Okay, so I've been trying how common, to read... How common is that in breeding? See, that's the thing. I don't remember what podcast I heard it on. I was trying to research it before we started. I thought I read or heard somewhere that Dalmatians are aggressive. And I, another thing that I heard is that people were mad because they make the Dalmatian... Basically, the Dalmatian slander of this movie is the Dalmatians kill Estella's mother. And how can you do that to Dalmatians? And I'm thinking... I thought Dalmatians were... They are. ...naturally aggressive they're because inherently. they're inbred. I, I have I could not find an article supporting that. I have heard that Dalmatians are aggressive, but I don't know how real that is. Like, that's just hearsay. Like, I have nothing to back that up. I think it's hearsay, but um, it, it would make sense. But, but it, it also seems odd. Like, I think of that about pit bulls, mm-hmm. but... Like, pit bulls have a story because of force fighting. Like, they, they have a story that supports why they could be interpreted as aggressive. Right. I don't, I don't know what that story is for Dalmatians that 
could tie to that in the I same way. I don't know, but uh, I I have con- heard that. Confirmed, though, in this movie, in this timeline at least, Pongo and Pedita are brother and sister. Weird. Okay, okay. Which, Maybe that's how why did... they had 101. No, no, no. They had 15. Huh? They never had 99 puppies. They only had 15. The other... Oh, we're from... Because they can... 86. Yes. Okay. I remember we talked about this when we... <laughs> this, this is a trivia question. They, they only remember, had 15. I remember us talking about this when we recorded the episode about 101 Dalmatians, and I completely forgot. Yes, yep. that is not reasonable for one dog. Yes, yes it is not. Yeah, it is not. No. no. Okay. Yep. Not physically possible. Disney didn't lose that hard. Okay, great. And, w- and while we're on the topic of inbreeding, at the end of the Glenn Close 101 <laughs> Dalmatians... While we're on the topic of inbreeding... They end up with more puppies on the Dalmatian plantation. I still hate that name. It's Plantations it, have a negative connotation. They do. But, also, I mean, Dalmatian plantation is already... A, it's it's a double negative. But you it, mean... Uh, I know what you mean. I know what you it's mean. a it's a double negative connotation. It's also yeah. shamelessly catchy. The consonants is there. It's there. But yeah, so it's just it's just a a factory of inbreeding. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what it is. That's neither here nor there. Cruella loves her dog Buddy. She loves Wink. Uh, I, I love that there are two dogs that are part of this crew, and everyone's yes. like, "Did you really kill the dog?" She's like, "Nah." And it's this is and that's another thing that leads me to believe this is an alternate universe. Like she she it's just a big you know, she's she's just trolling the Baroness the whole time. Like, you don't know where your dogs are. You think I have your dogs. Also I'm gonna okay, show up with the spotted coat. How long does it things. take a fucking dog to poop? <laughs> right. That's fair. <laughs> that's that was gross. Like, are we that was that was really many. That was many, many, many days of waiting for these dogs to poop, and for her to train them to heal to her. That was a dope moment at the yeah, end. Yeah, it was. But also, I was like, one, why are these dogs not pooping yet? Why do you still have them if they haven't pooped? They haven't pooped yet. Why haven't they pooped yet? And then also, it takes a long time for dogs to become that loyal. Maybe it was um, more Horace and Jasper than anything. But she had the whistle true she did make me want to get my hair back to red not I'm, not black and white not black and white i'm doing i'm rocking purple right now i just graduated so i i have purple hair right now you can't see it, it's very dark another minor gripe that i had was the cgi was weird in some spots i'm not talking about the dogs everyone's talking about how the dogs were weird in some spots my biggest thing was towards the end when she gets pushed off the the terrace and she parachutes into the water. Like, when she lands in the water, it looks weird. Yeah. That was some weird CGI. I do vaguely remember that. I'll give the dogs a pass, though, because most the of the dogs. time it's, it's running or them jumping on, like, a sofa or something. Yeah, I think there was also something about the the face of the dogs, and I honestly think part of it was the spots. Like, one of them had aggressive, like, a lot of spots, and I think it was, a, if it had been a little less dynamic, mm-hmm. it would have been a little more natural, but 
that's it's so minor it's not not a great the only trivia that i have for this is uh, gizmo the dog who portrayed buddy uh, estella's dog mm-hmm. was also in the live action beauty and the beast oh okay yeah i believe he played uh the dog uh, chip's dog yeah i think his name is sultan where do you think cruello ranks among you know disney remakes and stuff Oh, I mean, you've had we've got Cinderella, we've got Mulan, um, Maleficent. What else? The Jungle Book. Jo- I, I still haven't seen it. Oh, I know. <laughs> Don't hate me. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Mary Poppins. Maybe Mary Poppins Returns counts as a remake. Maybe. Yeah. I think it's more of a continuation than anything. Yeah. Um. 101. It's Dumbo. Have I seen Dumbo? Have you seen Dumbo? Great question. I'm going to say no, because I don't remember it. It also came out within the last two years, right? Yes. Which came, means... I think March of 2019. Oh, no, I wasn't in grad school then. I can't even blame it on that. Yeah, I think this is the winner. Think it's the best? Yes. Also, okay, I'm looking at a live-action Disney. Did you see Haunted Mansion? I don't count Haunted Mansion as a remake. It's in the no. same category as uh, but now Pirates. I'm just now I'm just wondering if it's awful because I love the Haunted Mansion ride. I don't think I ever saw it. It was one of the like it was back when I was very discerning with my movie tastes. It has Eddie uh, Murphy. Yeah, Let's- like. What is it from on from two thousand to like the end of two uh, two thousand nine, I was very discerning with my movie watchings. It has five point one on IMDb. What does it have on Rotten Tomatoes? Oh, it has Haunted Mansion has a tomato tomato meter of fourteen percent and an audience score of thirty percent. Oh yeah, that's bad. Great, that's don't watch. Bad. Not gonna watch it. So bad. I might watch it. I'll say that Cruella is probably one or two. I I think I so, really like the Jungle Book. Is this you guilting me or, or are you real? Is it working? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm not in grad school now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll say I need to watch. I need to watch some of these again. But I think uh, maybe Jungle Book, Cruella, and Cinderella. Oh, I would like to watch Cinderella again. Yeah. Did we do a, did we, did you do a podcast on Cinderella? I don't think we did, did we? No, because it came out before we started, it came out before we started uh, the podcast. It came out like the year before we started the podcast. Did it really? Yes, it did. I think it's 2015. And we started this in 2016? Yeah. Once you watch more live action movies, we could, you know, We could do a... We could do a live live action mini bracket. We could. We have Not... to finish the Muppets bracket first. Ooh, that was a burn. To be continued. Uh, Grace, what would you grade Cruella? A solid A. I really love this movie. I it's it's not only did I think it was good, but it's a movie that I think is watchable. Like I would put this on again and again. And like Joker was good. But I don't need to see it that often. Like, I need I to see it once every five years. I don't think uh, Joker was good. I thought Joker was, like, a B plus. 
I thought this was this was solid. It was fun. It's something that if it's on, I'd watch it or put it on in the background. Um, I thought this was a solid A, maybe A minus. There's very little that I didn't like about this movie. I think I'll give it an A minus as well. Can't articulate like why it's not an A plus. I mean, it's not a perfect movie by any stretch. It's a no. little long. I think that's my only any it's... any gripe that I have. I think it's a little long, but it keeps moving. Yeah, it keeps moving. It there were times where it wasn't fast, but I think it was pretty well paced. There weren't any like really slow points. I liked it. I thought it was good. What you got for Drunk Disney? Uh, I'm going to need your help a little bit. Drink anytime someone says dog. Okay. Or puppy. Dog or puppy. Drink. Drink. Oh, do we want to do wardrobe change? Yes, we do. Drink anytime Cruella Estella. Slash Estella has a wardrobe change. Drink anytime someone gets insulted. Oh, okay. Drink anytime someone gets insulted. Do we want to do anytime? It's, I mean, it's a soundtrack. It's not, but the songs are good. Do we want to drink for every song? I think we do. Ooh, I like it all. I mean, I love, I love doing, like when we do musicals, we drink for every song. And this soundtrack is so solid. I think it's worth it. Okay, drink any anytime Estella slash Cruella has a wardrobe change. Drink anytime anyone gets insulted. Drink anytime Tori's taking a drink right now. <laughs> drink anytime a new song. This is water, by the way. Starts. I got, mine, I got a new water bottle. Trying to hydrate. Mine is not water. It's hot, it's hot in Texas. <laughs> trying to conserve energy so stay um, hydrated hydrate or dihydrate drink anytime there's a new song all right that is our review of cruella tell us what you think in the comments we both liked it tell us what you think we did you can follow disney versus on social media on facebook at facebook.com slash disney versus on Twitter at DisneyVS and on Instagram at Disney versus Podcast. Hashtag Disney Cookbook Challenge. Woo! You're killing it. Hashtag Disney Parks Cookbook Challenge. I think I've been posting the wrong hashtag every time. Nope, these are all right. <laughs> no, these are all right. I just have it written wrong in the notes. It's oh, just great. wrong in the notes. Um, I just passed... Recipe number 50. I'm halfway done with this, John. Woo! I'm so excited. I love it. You're, I mean, I love, I love watching what you're cooking. You're cooking, so. It's going to be so great. Looks tasty. I'm still saving beignets for you whenever (gasps) I can use it. Yes. In my Uh, new house in Indiana. Yeah. It's going to be great. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Please give us a five-star review. Tell us what you think. If you give us a, a five-star review and drop a comment, we'll read We'll read it on the air. I'm going to no start writing us fake comments. I mean, I could. It would be entertaining. We had some, initially. Yeah. We had a couple. A couple weeks ago, we had a Aww. trivia night. 
We had an awesome trivia night. I sad to miss it. Congrats to our big winners, uh, Megan, won for got first place. Victoria was second. The team of Kayla and Diego were third, and Hannah got fourth. I am planning one final virtual trivia night at the end of the summer. It will either be at the end of July or at the beginning or mid-August. And I will be there. I will, I will, I will be there. I will do it. Okay. (laughs) It will not be in grad school. It will happen. (laughs) This will be the most strenuous, I will say. Rigorous. uh, Trivia night. The most rigorous trivia night yet. If you, I want to see everyone there. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking of so many new categories the way I'm planning this, this will be the Smash Bros. of Trivia Nights. What if we did, like, not just Disney trivia, but, like, Disney versus trivia? <laughs> like, What? What did Grace think of Toy Story 2? <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, okay. Okay. That's, that's a, that's this a decent is, bonus round. This is... <laughs> That's a decent bonus round. Oh, oh, you know what? I do. I yes, I agree. I I think that'd be funny. Is what is her sentiment on what movies for bonus rounds? I think that's a great call. The bonus, the bonus <laughs> round for this past trivia was name every character that was confirmed to have been snapped away. Oh, was, there were twenty eight possible answers. So it like it oh. could have broke the game from Endgame. Yes, no, from from Endgame from. Like, from Endgame on, or sorry, from uh, Infinity War on. Infinity War. Oh. If they were confirmed to have been snapped away on screen, they it was fair game. I could not do that. I could do maybe, like, five or eight and half. Some of those would be guessing. I don't know that I could name 28 <laughs> Marvel characters. Wow, Grace. I mean, I could, but some of those are not the people that are being snapped away. Some of those just died. <laughs> yeah. Some okay. Okay. <laughs> I forget how we wrap up the show. I haven't done an episode in a while. Uh, you want to do the plugs? Rate, review, and plugs. subscribe. Oh, okay. Ready? Yeah. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. From from two thousand to like the end of two uh, two thousand nine, I was very discerning with my movie watchings. It has five point one on IMDb. What does it have on Rotten Tomatoes? Oh, it has Haunted Mansion has a tomato tomato meter of fourteen percent and an audience score of thirty percent. Oh yeah, that's bad. Great. That's Don't bad. watch. Not gonna watch it. So bad. I might watch it. I'll say that Cruella is probably one or two. I I think I so, really like the Jungle Book. Is this you guilting me or, or are you real? Is it working? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm not in grad school now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
I think I'll say I need to watch I need to watch some of these again, but I think uh, maybe Jungle Book, Cruella, and Cinderella. Oh, I would like to watch Cinderella again. Yeah. Did we do a? Did we? Did you do a podcast on Cinderella? I don't think we did. Did we? No, because it came out before we started. It came out before we started uh, the podcast. It came out like the year before we started the podcast. Did it really? Yes, it did. I think it's 2015. And we started this in 2016? Yeah. Once you watch more live action movies, we could, you know. We could do a. We could do a live live action mini bracket. We could. We have Not... to finish the Muppets bracket first. Ooh, that was a burn. To be continued. Uh, Grace, what would you grade Cruella? A solid A. I really love this movie. I it's it's. Not only did I think it was good, but it's a movie that I think is watchable. Like I would put this on again and again. And like Joker was good, but I don't need to see it that often. Like I, I need to see Joker it once every was, five years. I don't think uh, Joker was good. I thought Joker was like a B plus. I thought this was this was solid. It was fun. It's something that if it's on, I'd watch it or put it on in the background. Um, I thought this was a solid A, maybe A minus. There's very little that I didn't like about this movie. I think I'll give it an A minus as well. Can't articulate like why it's not an A plus. I mean, it's not a perfect movie by any stretch. It's a no. little long. I think that's my only any it's... any gripe that I have. I think it's a little long, but it keeps moving. Yeah, it keeps moving. It there were times where it wasn't fast. But I think it was pretty well paced. There weren't any, like, really slow points. I liked it. I thought it was good. What you got for Drunk Disney? Uh, I'm going to need your help a little bit. Drink anytime someone says dog. Okay. Or puppy. Dog or puppy. Drink. Drink. Oh, do we want to do wardrobe change? Yes, we do. Drinking a time, Cruella Estella slash Estella has a wardrobe change. Drink anytime someone gets insulted. Oh, okay. Drink anytime someone gets insulted. Do we want to do anytime? It's, I mean, it's a soundtrack. It's not, but the songs are good. Do we want to drink for every song? I think we do. Ooh, I like it all. I mean, I love, I love doing, like, when we do musicals, we drink for every song. And this soundtrack is so solid. I think it's worth it. Okay, drink any time Estella slash Cruella has a wardrobe change. Drink any time anyone gets insulted. Drink any time Tori's taking a drink right now. <laughs> drink any time. A new song. This is water, by the way. Starts. I got, my, I got a new water bottle. Trying mine, to hydrate. Mine is not water. It's hot, <laughs> it's hot in Texas. Trying to conserve energy. So, stay um, hydrated. Hydrate or dihydrate. Drink anytime there's a new song. All right. That is our review of Cruella. Tell us what you think in the comments. We both liked it. Tell us what you think. We did. You can follow Disney Versus on social media, on Facebook at facebook.com slash Disney Versus, on Twitter at Disney VS, and on Instagram at Disney Versus Podcast. 
Hashtag Disney Cookbook Challenge. Woo! You're killing it. Hashtag Disney Parks Cookbook Challenge. I think I've been posting the wrong hashtag every time. Nope, these are all right. No, these are all right. I just have it written wrong in the notes. It's just wrong in the notes. Um, I just passed recipe number 50. I'm halfway done with this, John. Woo! I'm so excited. I love it. You're, I mean, I love, I love watching what you're cook. You're cooking, so. It's going to be so great. Looks tasty. I'm still saving beignets for you whenever (gasps) I can use it. Yes. And my new house in Indiana. Yeah. It's going to be great. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Please give us a five-star review. Tell us what you think. If you give us a a five-star review and drop a comment, we'll read We'll read it on the air. I'm going to no start writing us fake comments. I mean, I could. It would be entertaining. We had some, initially. Yeah. We had a couple. A couple weeks ago, we had a Aww. trivia night. We had an awesome trivia night. I sad to miss it. Congrats to our big winners. Uh, Megan won for, got first place. Victoria was second. The team of Kayla and Diego were third. And Hannah got fourth. I am planning one final virtual trivia night at the end of the summer. It will either be at the end of July or at the beginning or mid-August. And I will be there. I will, I will, I will be there. I will do it. Okay. (laughs) It will not be in grad school. It will happen. <laughs> this will be the most strenuous, I will say. Rigorous. Uh, trivia night. The most rigorous trivia night yet. If you... Ooh. I want to see everyone there. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking of so many new categories. The way I'm planning this, this will be the Smash Bros of trivia nights. What if we did, like... Not just Disney trivia, but like Disney versus trivia. <laughs> like what? What did Grace think of Toy Story two? <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. Okay. Okay. This is bonus round. This. <laughs> that's a decent bonus round. Oh, oh, you know what? I do. I yes, I agree. I I think that'd be funny. Is what is her sentiment on what movies for bonus rounds? I think that's a great call. The bonus the bonus <laughs> round for this past trivia was name every character that was confirmed to have been snapped away. Oh, was, there were twenty eight possible answers. So it like it oh. could have broke the game from Endgame. Yes, no from from Endgame from. Like from Endgame on, or sorry, from uh, Infinity War on. Infinity War. Oh. If they were confirmed to have been snapped away on screen, they it was fair game. I could not do that. I could do maybe like five or eight and half. Some of those would be guessing. I don't know that I could name twenty eight <laughs> Marvel characters. Wow, Grace. I mean, I could, but some of those are not the people that are being snapped away. Some of those just died. <laughs> yeah. Some okay. Okay. <laughs> I forget how we wrap up the show. 
haven't done an episode in a while. Uh, you want to do the plugs? Rate, review, and plugs. subscribe. Oh, okay. Ready? Yeah. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye.